We love everyone who watches our pitch podcast fan Q&As on social media, but we also love our loyal listeners. Yes, you. That's why we're offering all listeners of the podcast a special promo code to get 20% off on the Adelaide United online store. Just enter the pitch 21. That's all caps, the pitch 21 at the checkout to get 20% off. Offer ends 11.59 on Sunday, the 19th of December, 2021. So get in quick. Can you believe the Pitch Podcast is still going? We haven't been sacked, we haven't been banned, we haven't been cancelled yet. It's leading into a huge weekend of Adelaide United football as well. Hello, it's Jared here, your host. Uh, this weekend, Adelaide United in the Isuzu Ute A-League men's competition are uh, taking on Melbourne Victory in the original rivalry at Cooper Stadium. Then the following day at Marden, our A-League women in the... Uh, Liberty A-League women are taking on Canberra United. It is all happening and um, it's quite fitting actually because we're taking on Melbourne Victory. We are speaking to a man who uh, over the past 12 months has been in amazing form and scored against Melbourne Victory away from home, which was awesome. Cassini Yengi. Cassini, welcome to the Pitch Podcast. Thank you for having me. Bro, it's, um, it's really good to have you on, mate. Um, I'm sure you're looking forward to this weekend. What we normally do with the Pitch Podcast is we do a bit of a reflection from the games that have uh, since gone. Um, three games into our campaign, three points, three draws. Uh, and it seems like the squad's still kind of finding their feet. Uh, but no matter what, it's good to kind of get a point away from the team we play against. Yeah, for sure. I'm just um, going to put that a bit closer to you because you're softly spoken and I'm very loudly spoken, so sorry about that. Talk yeah. louder. No, no, you're right, bro. Yeah. Tell me about it. Um, interesting game on the weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, I felt like both teams had a really good opportunity to win the match. Um, there was one moment where for Brisbane, uh, Rahman Akbari had a really good opportunity. We had lots of opportunities. So it's almost like uh, one point's great, but knowing what we could have done, I'm sure there's an element of frustration. Yeah, for sure. I think, well, for me personally, we, I want to win every game. I think we can win every game that we play. Um, but yeah, we got a point from each of those games. And when you look at it, there is a lot of positives to take from it. We started the games very well. We played very well, majority of the game. Um, but weren't able to get the three points. But it's all right. We're, we're building and it's just the start of the season. Can you talk about your role? I loved watching you play on the weekend and hearing some of the commentators talk about it because you, you're playing as a, as a striker. But it, it, And correct me if I'm wrong because I'm a football fan, right? Apart from that, I know nothing apart from FIFA. So uh, I'm going to ask questions which may seem a bit naive, but the great thing about the Pitch Podcast is we, we give an insight into uh, the position that you play um, and the makeup of the squad. But it seems like you're playing quite high up the ground um, to use your strength because you're a strong young man to basically muscle out the defense and then um, make your way up to score a goal, hopefully. So is, is this something that um, the Carl and the team are saying, mate, you're a strong kid, so you actually need to use that to hold out a couple of plays, then to set up that next phase of play? Yeah, for sure. It's I got that right? Yeah, you got that right. Yes! Um, <laughs> something that I'm, I'm learning to do as well. Um, I did have a real big growth spurt, so I always haven't been like the biggest kid in the field. I was usually the smallest one, so that's probably why I've got good technical ability. Um, and then when I hit that growth spurt, I put on a lot of size and became one of the biggest ones on the field. So I'm still learning um, how to throw my body around and how to use it in the right ways to benefit the team, I guess. Um, and Carl being a striker previously is is teaching me a lot. 
Is that a challenge though? Because obviously when you, you grow up scoring goals, you're like, well, I'm just going to receive it outside the box and go in and score. But there's a lot more that goes into it using body strength. And as you said, you've got to, you've got to utilize your growth spurt. But mm-hmm. as you said, you've got to continually evolve the way you play the game to suit your body style and you're going to still grow. So you, you need, and that's what Carl needs. He needs to use you where maybe a couple of seasons ago that you may have been playing as a striker, but in a different way. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, using your body. Like, I want to use my body, but uh, I'm also playing football, so I don't want to be continually wrestling with people on the pitch. You know, I want to play with the ball at my feet. So I'm um, finding the balance and how to use my body in the right ways is something that I'm learning. I think I'm improving on every game. What other areas are your focuses at the moment? Um, because... Basically, your your rise into uh, the A League men's competition, I'm sure, I'm sure, which is something that is a bit unfamiliar for you because it's it basically you've gone from a, a young kid into a squad player, you score, then everyone's talking about you. That happens really quickly, and you're a humble guy, so I'm sure that there's been this huge transition of. Hey, um, no, no one really wants my autograph. To everybody wants my autograph. Just using that as an example, how how do you manage with that? Um, it's not easy, but, um, I think I have the right people around me that, uh, look after me and guide me in the right way to deal with these situations. Um, yeah, at the start of my career at Adelaide as a professional footballer, I wasn't playing as much, a lot of injuries here and there. And then all of a sudden I was banging in the squad, scored a few goals. And now I've got kind of a, a lead role in the team, um, which I, um, I think I'm doing quite well and, uh, I'm happy and I, I want I want to have that role. Um, I see myself as a leader on the team, although I'm quite young. Um, yeah, and I'm just building into that role. And uh, you know, there is a little bit of pressure for me to perform every week and score goals because I am the out and out striker, starting striker for the team. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to hopefully fulfilling um, what I can do and help the team. For your position now, uh, is it? more complex than you are there to score goals because ultimately speaking about what you're doing, playing a bit higher up the ground to, for you to walk off the field and go, I actually had a, a, a good game. Do you measure that by goal score? Do you measure that with by impact on what you have created for the team? And if goals come fantastic, because I think casual football fans that aren't connected to the club or aren't inside the change room will straight away go, no goals, unsuccessful but I know that there's a lot more that goes into that yeah for sure um I don't know some some most of the time uh when you score a goal you're pretty happy as a striker um but there are games where you don't score but you do a lot of things to help the team um you know chucking my weight around and uh being an outlet when we've got the ball deeper in the field um for the team is something that I, I think I do quite well which is quite useful to the team. And then the pressing also at the front, winning the ball back to then allow us to have the ball to score goals ultimately is um, something that I think I do quite well as well. So yeah, when I'm not scoring goals, I always try to help the team in in any way I can. Um, Yeah. But at the end of the day, I want to score goals. Obviously, I feel last year was a really important year for you um, in regards to opportunity and making the most of it. I'll use the example of Joe and James in, in goals. So, we're really fortunate to have two incredible keepers that would both be starting for other sides around the uh, the competition. Mm-hmm. 
And if it wasn't for the injury to James, Joe wouldn't have been able to prove himself and then Joe getting injured back and forth, right? For you, I feel um, you really relished in the moment where where we had Tommy Urich playing up front and he was injured a a little bit Mm -hmm. um, and you made the most of the opportunity to do that. And I loved watching you both play because I think the way that you both presented on the field is very different. But one of the things I really admired about how you played was your body language. And as, as a kid... You can always get frustrated when things don't go your way, but you didn't. So it seemed like you've got a really good grounding of actually being grateful to be on the pitch and playing a role and actually working hard to make sure that you're putting in 100% for everything. And if things don't go your way, that's cool because uh, the next challenge is going to come potentially in the next couple of seconds. Is that something that that you notice and you work on? Yeah, for sure. I think... um Having so many injuries at the start of my career is probably reasoning behind that as well. Um, you know, just being happy to be at training and be out on the pitch and play healthy, you know, my body feeling good is something that I definitely don't take for granted. So, yeah, in the game, something's not going right. I know that uh, the game goes for 90 minutes, so I've got to be ready for the next scenario that might happen and make sure I get that one right. Can you talk about your football journey with us of, of how you ended up um, wearing the Adelaide United playing shirt? Because as you said, like for... For a lot of people that haven't followed local football, you've just popped out of nowhere and then, oh, there's this Cassini Engi guy. But you've had a fantastic career in um, in South Australia as well. So do you want to talk to us about that? Yeah, I started playing uh, football quite late, I'd say, for most kids. I um, started playing around 13, 12, 13 years of age. Uh, before that, played like every other sport except for soccer. Um, started playing uh, for Fulham United. I think it was under 12s or 13s. Uh, the following year, went to um, Adelaide Comets, played one year there as a junior, and then I went through the system a little bit. Um, what does that mean, went through the system? So I played for the under-14 state team. Yeah. Um, and then I was with NTC, with Carl, yep. um, when I was younger. After that, I came to Adelaide United um, for about six to eight months, um, was with the youth team, uh, but they didn't really have a very good youth team set up, so they only had like one one NYL team and uh, there wasn't much opportunity and I got an injury and I ended up finding myself back at uh, MPL. So I played uh, back at MPL, Adelaide Comets, under 18s, a little bit of reserves and then played with the first team there for a bit. And then um, the old youth team coach, coach Paul Pezos, gave me a call and said wanted me to come back to the youth team. I was with the youth team for about two and a half years, which was plagued with so many injuries. Um and then when Gertrude Van Beek came in, he offered me a first-team contract. What sort of injuries did you have? Uh, I had osteitis pubis, which was the main injury. Which um, which is a really debilitating injury, isn't it? And for yeah. someone of your age, yeah. I'm sure that really flattens your confidence because you should be going, wait, I'm a young kid. I shouldn't be getting these injuries right now. If you think osteitis pubis, when you think about Australian rules football, this is for people in their late twenties. Like it just, and that it's not something that you can go, cool, I'm out for six to eight weeks. This is potentially, if you don't look at after, after it the right way, it could be a career ender. Yeah, 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 for sure. It was a very frustrating injury. It was difficult to get runs of games and, uh, you know, it was at a time in my, my career where I was watching a lot of the kids that I grew up with uh, breaking through into the first team and making their debuts and this and that and going on to do great things. And, you know, I thought I was capable of doing that, but um, my body just wasn't ready yet. So, um, yeah, you know, I took my time and uh, finally got it right and ended up working. Is it challenging for when you do, for the first time, go to the youth league? 
and you, you play for Adelaide United, as you said, the setup wasn't where it needed to be. Yeah. Do you think some kids probably come into the system and think, cool, I'm wearing an Adelaide United top now, I've made it, and uh, then there is a really solid grounding where if you need to go back to your MPL side, it's uh, it could be quite deflating. I mean, you've obviously yeah. seen this as an opportunity to grow. So a lot of people listening at the moment might be um, in the MPL or looking to, to make their way into a youth league side. So obviously you've had your own challenges, but is it challenging at that moment where you think, oh, I'm potentially, this is my journey, this is where it should go, but then it gets taken away from you? Yeah, for sure. I think there's a lot of a lot of kids that uh, get into the setup, the Adelaide United setup, and get complacent and are happy to be playing for the youth team and say that they're an Adelaide United youth team player and uh, they don't work that very very hard in training. And then all of a sudden, comes the end of the season and the club tells them, "Oh, we no longer want you," and you end up finding yourself back in MPL, which is a a tough league, you know, to 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 prove yourself and to play well. You know, you don't play on the, you don't have the luxuries that you do here at Adelaide of having nice pitches to train on and good coaches and quality players to play with. So it, it it can be very difficult when you go back to MPL to get yourself back to Adelaide United. But um, yeah, it's one of those things where you just got to put your head down and, and work hard. And then also you're only training like two or three times a week if you're lucky, which really isn't enough to, to get yourself back here. So you have to do a lot of extras by yourself. What about opportunity then? So you, you, you managed to make your way into the squad for Adelaide United, which is great, but you're sitting on the sidelines with the rest of the players who aren't in the 11 or the, the five or six on the bench and you see uh, Al Hassan, you see Mo, even Pacific, getting their opportunities to play and you're sitting there. Um, at that point, are you going, I've just got to wait my turn or is there a part of you that goes, you know what, when is it going to be my turn? Yeah, for sure. Um I think I, I that last year I had a very good preseason um, going into the preseason and uh, had a little bump along the road, which probably um, was a reflection of why I wasn't playing so much at the start of the year. Um, but I knew that uh, if I kept on working hard in training and just be patient, my time would come again. And um, yeah, fortunately enough, it did, which was that, that victory game, which was probably the breakout for me to, to go on that run and start playing games and scoring goals. We'll get to the victory game in a moment. I want to talk about your family, though. Um, your brother was in the A-League men's competition last year playing for the Jets, and now he's gone overseas. So mm-hmm. um, did he have a similar journey through his football career? Yeah, um, very similar. You know, me and my brother are quite close. Um, we'd always be at the park training together and one another, and we played for Adelaide Comets together. Um, he was He's a few years younger than me, so we never really played in the same team, but um, we'd always be training together and stuff like that. So he had a pretty... Pretty similar run and uh, probably played uh, MPL a bit longer than I did. I didn't really get to play too much men's MPL, um, but he did. And fortunately enough, got the opportunity to go to Jets. And where is he now? Because he, did he score a hat-trick a couple of weeks ago? Yeah, I think he did. Um, he's playing for Ipswich Town. Um, he's mainly been with the under-23s team, but he's now training full-time with the first team and uh, was on the bench for the cup game but didn't come on. But yeah, he's doing really well. How's he going with the cold weather? Um, yeah, he, I was on the phone with him the other day. It was, I think it was something like uh, eight a eight a.m. and it was one degree or something like that. So uh, 
I don't know. If, I don't think he's enjoying it too much. What about your family? Tell us about your family because I love the thing I love about football more than any other sport is um, football as a sport doesn't discriminate um, people from all walks of life, people from all socioeconomic backgrounds um, have an opportunity to excel in their passion, and I just I love I, I love it. I think no sport does it as well as football, and especially here in South Australia, we we have so many amazing stories uh, of families coming from Africa or right around the world that just need an opportunity. I think it's beautiful. What can you tell us about your family? Um, so my mom, mother comes from England. Uh, my father's from South Sudan, but I was born here in Adelaide. Um, so I grew up most of my life here. Um, and in uh, 2008, I had a very interesting uh, scenario where my parents decided that they wanted to pack everything up here in Adelaide and move over to South Sudan to live. Um which was mainly dad's dream to, to give back to his community over there. Um, so we sold our house and packed up some shipping containers and travelled over to South Sudan and uh, ended up living there for about eight, nine months, um, which was probably the most fun I've had in my life. Um, you know, just grazing cattle, hanging out with the kids and learning the language and just mucking around. Um was like a crazy experience for me, real eye-opening. Um, it wasn't the first time that I, I, I'd been to South Sudan. I went there a few years previous to that. But, um, yeah, I ended up coming back to Australia later on after the nine months because mainly because my, my mother wasn't enjoying it too much. Um, picking up the language and stuff like that was quite hard for her and Dad was always running off doing building hospitals and stuff like that. So um, she would find us. Your dad was running off building hospitals. I mean, you can't just say that casually, <laughs> mate. <laughs> uh, yeah, he did. Uh, he built a hospital and a, and a school, a nursing home and a church. Um, so, yeah, his, his time over there was quite occupied. And uh, mum felt quite isolated and the schooling wasn't the best also. So that was probably the main reason why we ended up coming back. But obviously at that time, I, I had no idea. I was just a kid. Um, I didn't even realise we'd moved over there to live until mum told me later on. Um, yeah, so ever since then I've been here with my mum and my brother and, uh, yeah, football's kept me grounded. What What do you think we take for granted compared to, I mean, people living in South Sudan? There's there's a lot that we take for granted living in Australia, living in Adelaide, but can you name anything uh, that we go, actually, we're really lucky to have this? <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, it's endless, the amount of things that we take for granted. Um even myself, I'm guilty sometimes, but um, I try my best, you know, to give back to people and uh, not take things for granted. Little things like uh, having boots or having grass fields to play on or having a tap that has running water that I can just get water from instead of having to walk, you know, a kilometre to a borehole. Um, yeah, the, the opportunities that we have here in Australia is uh, endless. And, um, you know, that's something that I'm always trying to communicate to my friends and family that... Uh, We're so blessed to have what we have here and we must make the most of it. How good is this? A 21-22 cap, scarf, can cooler or a stubby holder, you know what it is, bumper sticker, key ring and a home jersey signed by the A-League men's squad. For your chance to win, visit adelaideunited.com.au slash podcast, click the banner and enter your details to go into the drawer. The winner will be revealed on an upcoming episode of The Pitch Before Christmas. So make sure you get involved. We're taking on... 
Melbourne victory this weekend in the original rivalry. And uh, it's a bit different to last year because Melbourne victory are pretty decent this year, apart from what happened a couple of days ago against Glory with Fornaroli doing what he normally does, which is uh, remarkable. But I, it's really weird. As an Adelaide United supporter, sometimes I feel bad saying this, but I think we as uh, a league, whether it's A-League, men's or, or women's, we need a strong Melbourne victory. It's really good because then it makes it even sweeter beating them, right? Because mm-hmm. it's not fun when they're in the bottom of the ladder and we beat yeah. them. So it's good to actually have a, a benchmark to work towards. Mm-hmm. So you score against victory, and you go and celebrate in front of their supporters. So just confirming, is, was it? It was it Conor McGregor. His kind of walk that you did. It wasn't. It wasn't inspired by that. That was just created by the media. But great. Um, See, this is what the pitch podcast is all about. It's about dispelling these myths, right? Yeah. Um, I remember the year before, a couple of weeks after I made my debut, I actually was in the squad against Victory and travelled over there. And I think it was the game where Naboo scored a last-minute goal yep. and did like a knee slide right in front of our, our bench in the last minutes. And I came on in that game. And uh, one of my, my mates, a former coach, Dimitri Panagis, uh, sent me a, a text message before that game and said, uh, make sure if you score a goal, um, give it to the Victory fans. And obviously that, that game, I didn't get the opportunity. And... Uh, Naboo was the one that scored the last minute goal and did the knee slide. So I kind of remembered that from the from yeah. the previous year. And, uh, you know, when I came on, I don't know, it was just all in the moment. It was nothing was premeditated. I didn't have any plans on what I was going to do. The goal went out, went in and uh, I don't know, I just <laughs> leaped the, the board and kind of put my chest out and looked at the fans, you know. Um, yeah. Then you kept scoring, which was great. And yeah. uh, your celebrations, basically people have have uh, basically now put pressure on you to come up with celebrations, which we can get to in a second. I want to ask one more thing about this victory game because um, obviously following on from that, some stuff happened. And um, I was at the press conference that you were at at Cooper Stadium when you were talking about it. This, uh, You can answer this in any way that you like. And um, I'm appreciative that you are here to um, answer the question. In, in the best way that you can answer this, what does it feel like when someone racially vilifies you? Because I've, I've never experienced it. And I think to try and uh, articulate it into words may be really difficult, but how do you feel when things like that happen as, a, first of all, a young individual, but also you're representing so many inspiring people? Um, how does racism make you feel? Um quite confronting and it's quite sad um you know living in a country like australia where there are so many it's a very diverse country so many different cultures so many different people you meet in the street every day from different paths of life um and the year that we're in 2021 with everything that's happening around the world for that to happen here where i am in my hometown where i feel most comfortable at home um yeah, it was, it was quite sad. Um, and, uh, you know, it was uh, very disappointing for me, um, especially happening after that game where everything, you know, I was on a high and uh, I was so excited to score my first goal for the club and uh, everything was so great for that all to happen at the same time, kind of like stole the moment, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, made it, you know, a, a moment where I can remember... Yes, a lot of good happened and uh, it was a very happy moment for me, but it was also quite a sad moment for me as well. Thank you for answering that. Um, 
Does that make you nervous to open your DMs after a good game at times against uh, any particular opposition just in case someone feels necessary to create a fake account or do stuff, which social media should be a, a fun Happy place, especially if you're performing in your profession where people are going to be celebrating what you do. But I'm sure now there's probably that trepidation of going, as you said, life is about moments that you you may have a moment that ruins absolutely everyone. It's the same as 99 people could say really good things and one person says something really demoralizing. Mm-hmm. It's that one person that changes your moment. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, that was probably one of the biggest things um, – that came out of the situation was I had a lot of family and friends that were trying to contact me on social media and stuff like that. And, uh, because of those reasons, I didn't want to look at my messages and, uh, you know, wasn't able to say thank you to those people that were congratulating me and fans that were saying, Oh, they love the celebration or they love the goal, this and that. Yeah. So for sure. Um, nowadays I, I don't even, I don't even look, I just, uh, leave it. Which I think is just, I think it's disgusting that you have to be put in that position. Um, so again, I appreciate your honesty on that. Um, I'll, I'll lighten things up very soon and we're going to talk about your goal celebrations. Um, there's also another celebration on social media, which I have seen recently because you love Cristiano Ronaldo, right? You're obsessed with him. But you've also met him. I've seen a photo of you with Cristiano Ronaldo. So does that mean you don't have to meet anybody else famous in your life now because you've met Cristiano? Because I've, I've met LeBron James, right? And I love LeBron James. I don't need to meet anyone now. I'm just like, I'm done. Like, if my wife left me, I'm like, cool, I've met LeBron James. So I'm all good. <laughs> yeah. So talk us through that. Can you remember it? Yeah, I can. Um, it was in 2013 or 2014, I think just before the World Cup. Uh, I was in Portugal. Um and, Why uh, were you in Portugal? Uh, my stepfather yeah. um, at the time is Portuguese. So we were over there. I had just come from South Sudan and on the way back home, we were going in to, to visit his family. Yeah, cool. Um, so I was in Portugal. Uh, we caught a tr- My stepfather had the idea that we should go watch Portugal national team train. Uh, they were training in a small, small town called Obidush, which was about two hours out of the city where we were. So we got up real early, caught a train, and uh, he thought it would be a good idea for us to go a little bit earlier and go in the hotel and, and see if we could meet any of the meet any of the team. So we ended up going early, and I remember we rocked up to the hotel, and uh, I think it was Raul Morales and the coach were doing a press conference in one of the rooms, so we knew the boys were somewhat near. We went into the hotel lobby. There was no one in there. A few uh, backpackers or whatever just coming out with their golf clubs and caddies and stuff like that. We sat down there, we walked in, Nanny was sitting down having a coffee with uh, one of his other teammates and then um, all of a sudden the whole team just started coming out the elevator and walking towards the team bus. So yeah, we met the, the whole Portuguese national team at the time and uh, Ronaldo and I can't really remember too much of the encounter with him. Um, I don't remember what I said to him or anything like that. I remember I had a Real Madrid jersey on but it has, he had Ozil on the back. Yeah. Um, he didn't want to turn you back to him. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, he, he signed it. He signed it in the end. Um, but yeah, I can't remember too much about the actual experience. I remember putting my arm on his back to take the photo and just feeling how muscular his back was, Yeah, um, if anything. And yeah, it was, it was a bit weird. Afterwards, they entered. They all entered the team bus and we were kind of just sitting in the, in the hotel lobby and he was at the back of the bus just, just staring at us and we were just... Me and my brother were just standing there wondering what, what he was looking at us for or what was going on. But, um, 
yeah, it was great that we went an hour early because we didn't end up even getting to watch the training session. It was a, it was a closed training session that we weren't allowed oh, to watch. Man. So if we, if we <laughs> hadn't come that hour early, we would have traveled all the way out there for no reason. Do you realize now that the impact that he had on you and your brother, that the potential impact that you now can have on the lives of young Adelaide United fans, like obviously um, life is about moments. So even if it's just a fan wanting your autograph, you understand the impact that you may have either a really positive one or if you're an asshole to them, which you wouldn't be, a really negative one. But you you embrace that role that you now have? Yeah, for sure. Um, I remember coming to Cooper Stadium when I was younger as a kid and asking people for their shin pads and their boots and stuff like that. Uh, Anyone give them to you? Um, yeah, I actually did uh, get a pair of uh, boots from uh, uh, one of the players from Gold Coast United. He was an indigenous player. Yeah. Uh, I think his name was James Brown. James Brown? Like yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah, he, gave he was a good me, player. Uh, yeah, he was a great player. I actually liked watching him quite a like quite a bit. I think he was at North Queensland for a bit as well. He yeah. was he was scored a few goals. Yeah. yeah, I think he ended up at Melbourne City and now he plays NPL or something yeah, like that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I got a, a pair of boots from him, and I was also quite lucky. Um, I was very good uh, friends with uh, Fabio Ferreira when he was here at Adelaide. So, um, Unreal. Yeah. Yeah. Geez, we missed him as well. I mean, uh, that would have for me that would have been perfect if he was in our um, championship winning side because yeah. when he was playing with Geronimo and stuff, that yeah. was that was unreal. Um, so for you, uh, we'll get to listener questions in a moment, but um, for you now, uh, what are your goals? Uh, pardon the pun. You obviously want to do everything you can here, but you'd be lying if you said no. I just want to stay at Adelaide United because that's that's uh, that's what football's about. You need to experience your opportunities to go overseas. Um, is this something that you're going? I'm just waiting for an opportunity, or um, what will be will be when your time comes. Yeah, I think uh, at the moment, obviously, I'm focused here in Adelaide, um, and I feel like I have I have so much more to to give here. Um, especially this season. I have so many goals that I want to achieve with the team and personally myself as well. So um, I'm hoping that uh, I'll be here for the rest of the year. Um, but after that, I do have aspirations to play in Europe. You know, every kid grows up, well, every Australian kid, I guess, grows up watching the Premier League, La Liga and stuff like that. And, you know, that's one of my goals. I want to get over there and, and play and play football overseas. Um, yeah, probably waiting for the, for the right opportunity. Because opportunities, I'm sure, would have come already. Once you start scoring goals and you're a young kid, um, I mean that. I don't mean that patronising because I'm really old, obviously. But um, don't laugh at that. The um, when clubs are going to come because they can, but you've then got to look at it alongside your agent and go, great. Are they are they wanting me to play, or so they can own me and just hide me away for a while, and I'm not going to develop? So I'm sure that's a challenge as well that you have got to work through. Yeah, for sure. Um, see so many Australian players that go overseas and then one year later they're back here in the A-League playing again. Yeah. Um, you know, people I think don't realise the, the difference in the level um, and the lifestyle of football over there. You know, here it's kind of quite relaxed. It's kind of more of a, you know, we're professional footballers, but it's a little bit more of a hobby compared to there. Over there, it's mm. night and day live football. So, um, yeah, the difference from what I've been told, I haven't experienced it myself, but um, yeah, it's a big a big step and you've got to make sure that when you're making the step, you are ready, not just as a footballer, but mentally ready to make that next step. So um, yeah, I think uh, I'm at a point in my career where I'm 
mentally ready for that challenge when it comes. All right, let's ask about the goal celebrations. Is this something that they are premeditated? We had um, the captain, we should say congratulations as well to uh, Izzy, um, obviously the captain of the uh, A-League women's side, and we have a feeling that it was because she was on the Pitch Podcast which really helped that, and she said it was something to do with TikTok, the one that you scored against Perth in round one. So is this your own TikTok dance? What's with the celebrate? I watch them, and I'm like, I'd love to be able to do that. Are they premeditated? You go into a game thinking, I'm going to do it, or you feel the moment? Okay. Uh, victory wasn't premeditated. Mm-hmm. Uh, Newcastle away wasn't premeditated. Um, Central Coast away, I didn't celebrate. There was no fans on that side and didn't feel right to celebrate. Great. Uh, what was the next goal after that? Uh, take take us to Perth round one. Perth round one was premeditated. Okay. And there's a thing that I loved the most about that. Yeah. Because, and I was watching going, because as, as an old man, I'm watching being all fatherly going, all right, Cassini, you've got to celebrate, but you have to go to Ben Halloran. You have to go to him after you celebrate. And you did. So you went and you did your celebration, then you went back to Benny and okay. got him. And I love that because potentially you could have just done your celebration and gone back to the middle. So yeah. it was very, very good. So how is this premeditated? What what process goes into it? Are you rehearsing in front of the mirror or what? Uh, not really. Um I'm usually on TikTok sometimes in the team bus on the way to the game. Mm-hmm. Um, so if I see something cool and I like it or during the week, then uh, I might practice it once or whatever when we're in the hotel. Uh, but then it's just in the back of my mind. And if I score, I might bring it out. I might not. Um, but yeah, that, that Perth round one was uh, was premeditated. Former teammate who's now at Perth, Pacific, Yongaberry, um, and his brother Elvis Campsober. Elvis scored on the weekend and did a couple of backflips, and I'm watching it going, how do you even practice that to do that? So Pacific can do the same thing. Have yeah. you tried flips? Nah, I haven't. I haven't. Um, I think if I did, I, I'd probably be able to do it, but um, I'm a bit scared to, to try it during the season it's in case I get injured. unreal, man. Yeah, they're crazy, those two. And they've never stuffed them up. Yeah. Which is amazing. All right, let's go into some uh, fan questions, if that's all right with you, because uh, everyone on social media loves you. How do we follow you on social media, Cassini? I think all my social media is the same, at Cassini Yangi. Okay, very nice. And you're on TikTok? Yep. Okay. Um, Phil Heard on Instagram, who is the loudest in the change rooms before a game? Loudest in the change rooms before a game... Would probably be Stefan Mork, I'd say, captain. Okay. Or is he going, buy my inner game journal? <laughs> or is he like just hyping up the crowd? No, nah, he's okay. uh, he at the start of the uh, the preparation, he's quite quiet. Yep. He does his uh, journal writing and this and that, but then he gets worked up and then gives out some words of confidence to get the boys ready for the game. He hooked you up with the journal as well. They're very good journals. Yeah, I'll go on did. myself. Um, Brock Pearson on Instagram, how long have you been growing your hair for? Growing my hair. Um, it just I, naturally grows, yeah. doesn't it? Like, I mean, that's just having hair. I wouldn't know, but it's just... Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I get it cut quite often. Um, but your brother's got, your a brother bit. has a butter's cut, doesn't he? Your brother's a bit, a bit tighter. He doesn't anymore. He doesn't anymore. He hasn't been to the barber in quite a while, so he's got a bit of a bush on his head. But um, yeah, I used to have the back cut off, but now I've grown the back out a little bit. So maybe this preseason, I've been growing it a bit. Did you swap jerseys with your brother when he was here last year for the Jets? No, I didn't. Okay. I didn't. Well, this uh, is I it. didn't come on. I sat on the bench for 90 minutes. So, um, it was an unworn jersey. So, Yeah, because yeah. there's a contentious issue, which we're talking to the club about you guys having to pay for it. Are you able to – you can say no because I, I know the story. Are you able to lift the lid on someone who potentially asked for your jersey at home a couple of weeks? If you don't want to say it, don't say it. It's totally fine. Nah, it was uh, uh, Jamie McLaren. Yeah, swapped jerseys with him. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That's yeah. unreal. And he wanted it. He requested it. Yeah. I don't know if he requested it. I, requested I definitely it. wanted it. Um, yeah, he's a player that I looked up to. 
And um, we spoke on social media before the game. Um, and I thought, yeah, why not? I love that. And Jamie McLaren, like, he's really difficult to dislike because he's a really good guy. So, yeah, yeah I mean, I mean, when you play for the opposition and, you know, you guys over-celebrated when Naboot got the goal and we ended up getting two, which... I mean, yours should have gone in and Steph claimed it, but it doesn't matter. Anyway, uh, this is from Sawinski, Nick. If you had to wear one pair of shoes for the rest of your life, what would they be and why? One pair of shoes for the rest of my life. Um, probably the shoes I've got on right now. These are Sean Wotherspoon Air Max. They're very comfortable and uh, nice. I like bright colours. But I recently got into TNs. Got a grey pair that I've just been wearing around everywhere. Okay. And, uh, of course, if you can made shoes, then we will just wear you can everything. <laughs> Noah Smith on Instagram. Oh, we had a former player called Noah Smith. Which of your friends has the best dance moves and why is it Noah? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Noah's not too bad, actually. Um, he tries, gives it a try, and he's, he's getting better. He's got a celebration that he wants me to do, so um, we'll see if I bring it out or not. Someone's asked if you can do the Ronaldo celebration. Yeah, um, yeah, he's my biggest idol. I, I would love to do it. Um, I think it makes it so much better when the stadium's going soo together. That would be um, cool. So yeah, me and Louis have spoke about it, but we'll see. Okay, um, this is from Dom Trimboli. It's a, it's a unique question. I thought about it though. Do blind people dream in colour? Uh, <laughs> oh, that's good. I'm yeah, gonna... that's a, I don't have the answer to that. Yeah. I have no idea. Thanks, Dom. Cheers. <laughs> um, Becky... Uh, Becky Hlanak on Instagram. What's your favorite TikTok dance? My favorite TikTok dance would probably be the one I did against Perth, I think, the most recent one. Uh, Char underscore Inagli on Instagram. Which current Reds player have you known the longest? Current Reds player? Uh, probably Mohamed Toure, actually. Um, I've known him since he was about six or seven years old. Okay, so a year, because I think he's still very young. <laughs> uh, Matt Vandenberg, why didn't you do the storage dance when you scored against Perth? I mean, you can't do that. Yeah, I, it's a touchy topic. I had a, a lot of friends that are Liverpool fans, and they were all telling me, oh, do the storage dance, do the storage dance. But um, it just didn't feel right, and I think it's a bit of disrespectful. You know, I saw oh, Townsend do the Ronaldo celebration at Old Trafford, and I wasn't a very big fan of it. So, um, yeah. Uh, I love that. Uh, Josh uh, Nacker and John Skopas, um, if you're watching just the question part, uh, we answered your questions actually on the full edition of the Pitch Podcast, so go back and have a listen to that. Thank you very much. Um, Ollie McIntosh, 24, what does a typical training consist of? A typical training day, a typical training. Um, usually get there, rock up to training at Playfit around 8.30, um, obviously do all my COVID check-ins. Uh, after that, put my gear on, weigh in, maybe a bit of massage. You have to weigh in every training? Yeah. Just to see training. what weight you've lost potentially throughout and then if you need to have more nutrition and hydration? Yep, okay. correct. Um, maybe a bit of treatment. If I've got any niggling injuries, get the physios to look at that. And then uh, maybe a bit of head tennis, head into the gym for pre-activation, out onto the pitch, rondos, passing, I don't Tactics, know what rondos shooting, are. Shooting, stuff like that. What's a rondo? Like Rajan Rondo, great NBA player. Yeah, it's a, it's like a box drill where there's like players on the outside and it's like piggy in the middle pretty much. Okay. You just yep. keep the ball. Okay. Um, what do you weigh at the moment? Uh, 88 kgs. And do you have a target weight that you want to get to? Um, I'm pretty happy with where I am right now. I was a bit heavier last year. I got up to about 95, but I've lost a few kilos now. And that helps your you in the air a bit more as well if you're a bit lighter? Yeah, for sure. I'm not carrying as much weight on my back when I'm jumping up the yeah, air. Silly question, so, yeah. Jared. So that's why I don't read up my own questions. Um, a couple more. Harry wants to know who the best defender you've ever played against is. Um, best defender I've ever played against. I think uh, 
Aldred from uh, Brisbane Roars, quite a tough opposition mm-hmm. to play against. He's a very good defender and he's very physical. Um, I remember my first game against Brisbane, I felt like I couldn't move inside the box. So he's up there. But also the two, the pair from uh, Sydney FC, Wilkinson and uh, McGowan, McGowan, when I played them last year. Different type of defending, a lot smarter, Mm. less physical. Yeah. Uh, Daniel Polly wants to know the best player you've played with. Best player I've played with? Um, Played with a lot of great players. I think uh, Isaias, probably up there. Um, probably the best midfielder I've played with. Mm-hmm. Javi Lopez, amazing. Juan De, all these all these Spanish guys that I've played with have all been uh, great players. But also, um, Riley McGree is one that stood out for me as well. Yeah, he's doing very well at the moment. I think um, everybody over in the UK is nervous the fact that he's going to go back to the states. They're like, please don't yeah. go. <laughs> um, Tiger Jones on Instagram. What Premier League team would you play for? Uh, Premier League team would probably have to be uh, Chelsea. Uh, Akol Agani Akol Agani or Agani Apologies if I said that wrong Have you thought about representing South Sudan internationally? Yeah I have um, They've contacted me a few times Um, You know it's something that I've thought about But um, yeah I'm not too quite sure I think right now I'm set on playing for Socceroos Yep and Dimi wants to know the best advice to give to youngsters Uh, My best advice would be Um you know, uh, believe that you can do it and uh, make sure you put the work in, I reckon. Trimmers, finally, um, apparently uh, you're saving yourself for a cheeky hat-trick against the victory. Are we getting an iconic celebration if it happens this weekend? I hope so. If I score three goals, there'll definitely be a few celebrations. Say the best to last. You know what I love about you, Cassini, and you've you've uh, been so grateful uh, and uh, we're so grateful to have you on. Um for people who don't know you and haven't taken the time to get to know you, they see your celebrations, they see a striker generally has a bit of swagger about themselves and a bit of confidence. But you, and I mean this from the bottom of the heart, are one of the most humble and kind young people I've ever spoken to, and you're a credit to your family in the way that you've been raised because you've been through so much stuff that young Australians shouldn't have to go through um, and will continually go through because society sometimes can be really shit. Mm-hmm. So... Um, it's an absolute credit to have you in the way that you carry yourself and your humility um, and how humble and grateful you are just to be here playing football for Adelaide United is something which is going to set you up no matter what you choose to do in life or wherever you go. So thank you so much for taking the time to have a chat. You have to sign this shirt now. We're going to give this away at the end of the season. But, um, mate, it's been an absolute pleasure and thank you for being so honest and um, pretty raw with us today. Thank you. You're welcome. It's been great. This has been the Pitch Podcast. We've got giveaways. Just you've got to listen to the whole thing, though. You've got to listen to the whole thing. So if you're watching this on YouTube, get on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts and win stuff. All this stuff. The original rivalry. Go United. See you soon, victory. <laughs>
love everyone who watches our pitch podcast fan Q&As on social media, but we also love our loyal listeners. Yes, you. That's why we're offering all listeners of the podcast a special promo code to get 20% off on the Adelaide United online store. Just enter the pitch 21. That's all caps, the pitch 21 at the checkout to get 20% off. Offer ends 11.59 on Sunday, the 19th of December, 2021. So get in quick.